Amen. All right. You're in Matthew chapter 6. We're starting a new series this morning, and that series is called First. For the next five weeks, we're going to look at this principle of putting God first in our lives. Putting God first in our lives in 2018. First, it is, it, 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 it's the foundation of everything. Um, and first, I would like to remind you that we are uh, entering into a time of prayer and fasting. Beginning tomorrow. January 8th through the 28th, that begins tomorrow, Monday, and then all the way to the 28th, which is this uh, Sunday. So 21 days. And, you know, fasting is a thing where we separate ourselves so that we can hear more clearly from God. And we do this once a year. And uh, just remind you of a couple of points. You know, I had intentions of printing some things out and handing them out to you this morning, but we had some te technical difficulties with our printer. So I apologize for that. But you can write a couple of notes down. First of all, we're not fasting to try to get God to do anything. He's already done what he's going to do. It's all by his grace. And it's, it, we don't fast to prove anything to God, right? We fast to put ourselves in a position to hear from God and to receive from God. So fasting is a time where we quiet our lives down. We disconnect from those things that have, have been controlling us. And so I'm just going to warn you, you're going to feel some pain. So if you choose, if the Lord leads you to fast food or certain types of food, he may tell you to fast uh, sugar. He may tell you to fast caffeine. He may, tell you to, he may tell you to go on the Daniel fast where you eat fruits and vegetables and juices or whatever. He may tell you to fast food altogether. I mean, Jesus did for 40 days. But listen, you're not Jesus and you don't have to prove anything, right? Again, it is a time where you set yourself aside to hear clearly from God direction for your life individually. And we do this as a church so that we can hear God's direction for us corporately. So we do this every year. We invite you to do, uh, do it with us. And, and let's get into the Word. The time that you would spend maybe on Facebook or watching um, uh, your favorite program, uh, spend in the Word instead. Spend in prayer and Find out what God has for you this year. This year is the most important year of your life. You know why? Because it's the only year you have. Today is the most important day of your life because you know why? It's the only day you have. Right? It's important. And so we need to know what God thinks about it. And I believe that if you really apply yourself during this time of prayer and fasting, along with these five weeks of messages, and you really dig this principle out and, and, and study this principle of first out, you're going to notice a, a significant change in your life in just over a month. You know, all the hype, all the advertisements, you know, give us 30 days and we'll take off 30 pounds, you know, but give us $3,000 to do it, you know. Or give us uh, two weeks and we'll change the priorities of your life. That all of the advertisements that are hitting you right now. Think about this. The Word is the thing that makes eternal changes in your life. And when we apply ourselves to the Word and we apply the Word to our lives, it makes changes, eternal changes, lasting changes. And that's really what we want. We want a significant change in our life. This concept of first... Understanding it and applying it to our lives is the key to everything else in life. 
I believe that with all of my heart. It's, and at this time of the year, it's great to think about the word first. You know, there's something built into us that we want to change. Surveys have been done. And uh, the question was asked, you know, in the beginning of the year, what is it that you want to change about your life? And the number one answer is, can you guess it? My body. I want to change my body. Is everybody in here satisfied with your body? <laughs> now, if you've eaten a lot of fat and a lot of sugar in 2017, you probably put on a little bit more weight than you want to carry and probably a little bit weight, more weight than God designed us to carry. But um, there's good news. You can take it off just like you put it on. I mean, not like you put it on will you take it off, but <laughs> it can come off with, with a little pain and suffering, sweat and tears. The important thing is we want to change and we can change. And, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, people make resolutions. They want to they feel better and better health. So they begin to exercise and eat better. And then after a few days, a few weeks, and you get busy and you miss a day at the gym or miss two days at the gym, um, and, and the fast ends after January 28th, and you go back to your old ways, and you find yourself in March back to where you were and maybe even bigger. And it's uh, kind of the same way spiritually. You know, folks say, this year I'm going to get in church. This year I'm going to read my Bible through in a year. This year I'm going to pray more. And they get excited for the first couple of weeks. And then they read their Bible for a week or two. And they go to church for a couple of weeks. And then it, when it starts getting warm again outside, they think, oh, wow. I think uh, I'll fire up the boat and get on the lake and... And then pretty soon, June, July, they found themselves out of church, out of the Bible, and out of prayer. So, um, what would it be like this year if all of us in here pursued God with an intensity? The same intensity that we have right now in January all the way to December. What would it look like in your life if you pursued God with all that you have with all that the intensity that the University of Georgia Bulldogs have right now <laughs> to win this national championship this year for the first time in 38 years, 37, 38 years. Some of these Georgia fans know it. I mean, I can feel it. And I'm bringing that up on purpose here because there's an intensity, right? There's a passion that people have in the natural that that far outweighs passion that we have in the spiritual things of God. And, and that's, that's really a shame on us. You know, our lives have been saved from hell. We should be passionately pursuing Jesus more than any other person is passionately pursuing anything else on this earth. And so what would your life look like? That's a, that's a good question. What would your life look like at the end of 2018 if you passionately pursued God with all of your heart? John 10.10 says that the thief can... These are words of Jesus. Now, I had you turn to Matthew 6. Stay there. But I'm going to tell you, John 10.10 says, Jesus said that the thief comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and that you might have, have that life more abundantly. I believe that I have found and know the secret to the abundant life. 
I believe that, and I'm going to show you this morning. All the ushers, uh, or the ushers that are going to help me, if you've got these blank sheets of paper, I want you to pass that out. The ushers are going to pass a blank sheet of paper out to you today, not because our printer wouldn't work, but the blank page that you're going to receive represents 2018. This blank sheet of paper represents your life and 2018. Now, by the end of 2018, something is going to be written on this paper. What's it going to be? Is it going to be good stuff, bad stuff, broken relationships, reconciled relationships, heartache, victories? Is it going to be achieved goals or disappointment? You choose. You choose. You're going to get to write the story of your life in 2018. That's the good news. You get to write the story of your life in 2018. And as we go through this message, as we go through today and this week and and through the fast, I want you to keep this blank piece of paper and I want you to do something for me. If the Lord speaks something to you about a goal for your life in 2018, write it down. Write it on this piece of paper and then post it somewhere that you can see it. You may want to post it on the refrigerator and say, do not eat or, you know, stay away from whatever or put it in a place where it's going to remind you the goals that God is giving you for this coming year. It, it, this is your year. We choose. We choose. We choose to do what God tells us to do. But it's harder to do it if you don't write it down. Would you agree? That's why you remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about the, 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 the Scripture, write a vision, make it plain, Habakkuk, right? Write a vision, make it plain so that when we run we can read it, so that we can run because we are reading it. It's a part of us. It's in us. Many times we fail to do what God tells us to do because we don't deem it important, we don't value it like we should. So as the Lord is speaking to you, write down those things. I want to also say at this point that it's, it's time to forget some things too. Like I said last week, and I'll repeat it. If you, didn't, if you weren't here last week, you need to go and, and watch the video or get a hold of the audio download. It's time to forget some things. Forget 2017. It's gone. You can't do anything about it. Now, in our forgetting, sometimes we want to forget everything because there's pain back there. But the Lord instructed us not to forget the lessons that we've learned. Don't forget the lessons. Because if we forget the lessons that we've learned, then we'll just repeat the same actions, right? So, Matthew 6. I'm going to be reading Matthew 6 out of the message paraphrase version. It is not a translation. The Message Bible is not a translation. It is a paraphrase. Translation. I, I do not use the Message Bible to do any studying. If you, uh, if you uh, try to develop doctrine from a paraphrase like the Message, you can go off quick. 
The message is not a translation. Let me say that very clearly. I'm not against the message paraphrase, but I do not use it to do any studying. Right? I'm just reading this. It kind of gives us some light. Right? Any paraphrase or any translation, we still need the help of the Holy Spirit to interpret what is written. Amen? So, it says, beginning in verse 25, if you decide for God, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes in your closet are in fashion. There is far more to your life than the food you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes that you hang on your body. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God. I like that. And you count far more to him than birds. Has anyone by fussing in front of the mirror ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? All this time and money wasted on fashion, do you think it makes that much of a difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out into the fields and look at the wildflowers. They never primp or shop, but you've never seen color and design quite like it. The 10 best dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside of them. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, he'll take pride in you, and he'll do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who uh, don't know God and the way that he works fuss over these things, but you Know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. That's important. Give your entire attention. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Now, the New King James Version talks about uh, verse 33, and that's kind of where we want to focus on the word first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. The King James Version says, New New King James says, seek first the kingdom of God. The Living Bible says, give him first place. Another translation says, above all else, seek the kingdom of God. Another translation says, make your top priority God's kingdom. So, in 2018, I'm just going to let you know ahead of time, there's going to be a lot of competition for your first. For your first. Think about your first. Every day that you wake up, what do you do first? Do you roll over? Grab your cell phone, go out to your Facebook or Instagram and see how many likes you've had since you went to sleep? Is your worst dependent upon those who like what you do or like what you say? Or uh, do you fight your way into the kitchen for your cup of coffee and your sugar-filled donut? Or... Do you have to go to the news 
and find out what's going on and make sure that nothing blew up overnight. You know? Or how about sports? Now, that's a great time to talk about sports right now, right? <laughs> I mean, the, the fact that, the, the, and I am, I'll just let you know, I was born in Georgia as a little kid. I'm saying, go dogs. That's, that's been years ago. You're not going to get it out of me. You're not going to talk me out of being a dogs fan. Now, it's, it's really come out because they're going to the national championship game, in case you didn't know. And it's the home team, and it's the first year of the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And so right now, I'm just going to take just a moment to maybe <laughs> gloat in that a little bit. So anyway, uh, how much of our attention has been taken by this game? I mean... And, and, and money. I'm t my daughter got online and she was going to think about taking me to the game and she's looking at tickets and they, the, t the seats were starting at $2,000 a seat. So, um, I'm not that big of a fan. <laughs> I'm not. It doesn't have my first. Right, guys? If they win, great. But listen, in five years, nobody's going to really remember <laughs> How about physical food? Does it have your first? Now, when you begin to fast, you're going to find out how much your body controls you and how much your appetite controls you. And listen, we all struggle in this area. And this is why the Holy Spirit's pointing to us this morning and reminding us to stop and take a look at what is your first? What is your first? What is your first? I believe that when we put God first, everything else will be in their proper place, and joy, strength, and grace will begin to flow again like it can. You know, I listen to people talk about their jobs. I just, I like to listen to people because I learn a lot from what they say. You can learn a lot if you listen, right? And so when people talk about their jobs, I like to li listen to them and s identify where they are. And I think there's about five levels that people live on. Five levels. Level number one, people do what they hate. You can hear it. Man, I just hate. I hate to go to work. I have to go to work. I have to go to work. I have to go to work because I have to survive and I have to make some money so I can pay these bills. And a lot of people, a ton of people live, live this way. You know, they say money motivates. And to a degree, I agree. But is it your first motivator? Is money your first? Do you love your job? Do you hate life? Are you just angry and mad at everybody all the time? Le the, the second level, I just do what I do. People do what they do. People are doing what they do. They, they just exist. They don't hate their job. They don't love their job. They just, there's no real significance in their job. I got to go somewhere. I got to work somewhere. You know, everybody's got to do something, right? And most people live on those first two levels. But then very few people discover this third level, and it's doing what you love, Number three, the level, level three, doing what you love. 
Very few people discover what they love. And you hear them say, I'm living the dream, right? I couldn't be more pleased. And they think that this is the ultimate, that they've reached this pinnacle. I love my job, my career, my house, my dog, my 2.5 children, and, <laughs> you know, the, perf the perfect life, right? But those people that reach that level three fail to realize that there's two more levels ahead of that, uh, on top of that, and this is where God comes in, level four, doing what God loves is level four, doing what God loves. And this is where His will crosses our will. His will crosses our will. Are we going to continue to do what we want? Are we going to bow ourselves and do what He wants? This involves a word called sacrifice. You know, the rich young ruler came to Jesus and said, I've done all these things, I've been all these places, I've got all these t-shirts, and I'm okay. One more thing, what, what do I need to do? And Jesus said, take all that you have, all that you've earned, all your money that you're so proud of, and sell everything and give it to the poor. And there was sacrifice there. Now, Jesus didn't tell the man to become poor. That's right. Think about it. He just told him to sacrifice and to get in line with God's will. And the man got discouraged and turned away and walk, walked and um, started singing the song. I did it my way. <laughs> no. <laughs> but you know, that's where my way and his way cross. And if we fail to do God's will, then we're going to be stuck living at those lower levels. Just doing what we do because we do it and that's all we know to do. And we... We might love it, but does God love it? Does God love what you're doing? Did he design you to do that? And we've got to put him first in our life in order to find out if God loves what we're doing. And then the fifth level, the ultimate level, is doing what you and God love. That's the ultimate level. Finding out by putting God first what he loves and then you loving what he loves. Your will coming in line with his will and you loving what God loves. And you can only do that and only have that when you put, make him first in, your, in all that you do. Make him first in your life. Putting God first. That's our number one goal this year. Putting God first. And if you would do this this year, I believe that your life will never be the same. Your life will never be the same. And God believes that your life will never be the same because he says, if you put me first in everything you do, everything else you need in life will be there when you need it. I've got your back if you put me first. You'll not have to earn a living anymore. You'll be receiving a living because everything that you get is by his grace. If you put him first and his grace is poured out on you, you will live in the overflow that we see in, in Malachi 
where uh, uh, the windows of heaven are opened and he's pouring us out a blessing that we cannot contain because we put him first in our money, in our finances. Putting God first is the blessed life. And I've also learned that uh, there's some things you discover when you put God first in your life. Number one, you discover your calling. Your calling. Did you know you have a calling from God? You have a calling from God. Look at your neighbor and say, you have a calling from God. You have a calling. And you may not know this. Maybe no one's ever told you this. But we need to tell each other, remind each other that we have a calling from God. You have a calling from God. You know, there's three questions that everybody asked in their life. These three questions, number one, who am I? Number two, why am I? And number three, what am I called to do? And by putting God first, we can find out the answer to all three of those. Putting God first. And the quicker that we answer these questions, the quicker that we can get on the path that God has for us and in our will for our, or His will for our life. Right? Walking in God being first. Matthew twenty two fourteen. When I uh, encountered this scripture, we're going to see it up here on the screen. For many are called, but few are chosen. When I encountered this scripture for the first time, I said to myself, I want to be those, one of those that are chosen. Did anybody else say that when you discovered that scripture? That's, that's the heart of God. God put that in your heart. I want to be one of those that are chosen. And I really didn't understand the scripture, but the more I studied, the more I, more I dug down deep in the context of where the scripture is in Matthew 22, I found that everyone's called, but very few people choose the calling that God has for them. Right? So there are going to be people in this place today. I'm believing that everybody is going to choose their calling that God has for them, especially for 2018. That is the only way that we're going to be satisfied with our life this year is if we put God first and we choose his calling for our life. You know, the others that didn't choose the calling were distracted. They were distracted with everything else, but those that chose God's calling and those that are choosing God's calling today are putting, choosing to put God first, putting God first in our life. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Write this down. His purpose in your life will determine your calling. It is not your purpose. Again, back to his way versus your way. That crossroads. Do you know what God loves and do you love what he loves? Are you doing what God loves and what you love? When we put God first in our life, he orders our steps. And then as we take those steps, we discover his calling for us. You know, Saul was on the road to Damascus in the, book, in the book of Acts, right? Saul, 
who hated Christians, he was going to kill Christians, was on the road to Damascus when he encountered Jesus. And it was such a supernatural encounter that it blinded him physically, knocked him off the horse, and he began to hear Jesus speaking to him. So, Jesus interrupted his assignment against the church and gave him a new assignment. But it was through steps of obedience and steps of faith that Saul took. Through those steps, he discovered his calling. Right? If you stop walking with God, you cannot discover your calling. So continue this year to put God first and discover that calling that he has on your life. Number two, the second thing that we discover if we put God first, we discover our gifts. Every one of us have gifts in us that we don't even know yet. Now, there may be certain things that you, that you do naturally that are, you know, you're good at. But there's gifts that God has put within you that, that, that are only discovered the more that we put him first. Now, are you going to be satisfied with the, the natural gifts? And people can point that out. You're, you're really gifted. You're gifted doing that, and you're gifted doing that. But God has more for you. The more that you put him first, the more you discover that there are more gifts in you than you ever thought. Can you agree with that? There's more gifts in you that need to be brought out in 2018. Are you willing to put God first in your life in order to discover those gifts? Look at uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse 4. Romans 12, 4. This is the New Living Translation Bible. New Living. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. He's given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Right? God has given us gifts, different gifts, to do certain things well. Notice that he hasn't given everybody the same gift. Isn't that good? That's why we need to recognize that there are different gifts. And remember that they came from the same source. And realize that the reason that they were given to God, uh, given to us, is to bring glory to God not to the person using the gift. Because the minute we think that we have the gift, we're lifted up in pride. And if we own the gift and we exercise the gift as we want to exercise the gift, then we're one step away from falling because that's pride. Realize that the gifts came 
from God. Give glory to God. And realize that they, he equips us to do certain things well. These gifts have to be developed though. How are they going to be developed? If we put God first and we serve. We serve. It's all about serving, guys. The life of the church is all about serving. The reason that we're still on this earth is all about serving. It's all about serving. We said this in the meeting yesterday. You can't develop a gift without using it. How do you use the gift? Serve. Because the gift wasn't given to you for you. Are you, are you, are you picking up what I'm laying down? You guys are really quiet this morning. I'm getting, I'm getting more out of this message. It feels like I'm getting more out of this message than y'all are. No, somebody's arguing with me. That's good. <laughs> Take it. Take it, really. Because, listen, God didn't give you the gift for you. That's right. If you don't give it, it doesn't bless anybody. And if it's not blessing anybody, then it's not giving glory to God. Right. We become so selfish. Part of it is, is the culture that we live in and, and the, 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 the diseased culture that we live in, right? Yes. The me, me, everybody has me-itis. Yes. I want these gifts. And listen, I mean, you see it at Christmas. People buy their own gifts before they buy other people's gifts. <laughs> Why do you think Black Friday was invented? I mean, hey, I'm going to buy my gift. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skim off the top. Before I serve anybody else. <laughs> gifts are made to serve. Everybody say, gifts are made to serve. And so Mark chapter 4 and verse 24 kind of shows us this principle. I mean, Mark 24 and 25 show us this principle. Kind of in a different scenario, but it's the same principle. Jesus said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure that you use, it's going to be measured back to you. And you who hear, uh, more will be given to you who hear. But whoever has to him, more will be given. But to whoever who, who does not have, even that what he has will be taken away from him. This is a principle of developing and multiplying and growing. And it comes from God. And it goes like this. If you don't use it, you lose it. If you don't use it, then you lose it. Right? Write this down. You can write it down in stone. Your gift is always connected to serving. Always 100% of the time. And if we had the rest of the day, I could take it and, and prove it. To multiple, multiple scriptures. But your gift is always connected to serving. So if you want to discover your gifts this year in 2018, begin to serve. Begin to serve. I began serving in ministry. That's one of the points of our vision. When I was 20 years old. Just serving. I would just show up and serve anybody that needed help. At any time at the church. And I was faithful. And I put God first. 
And then I would discover the giftings that God had put in me as I would serve. And here it is 34 years later, and guess what? I am still discovering the giftings that God has put within me. It doesn't stop, guys. It really doesn't stop. And he blows my mind all the time when he says, hey, I've got you. And I'm like, Lord, but, but I, I just don't think I can do this. And he said, I've got you. If you'll just put me first and you'll rely on me and draw close to me and, and take my grace, my grace is sufficient. Amen. We got you. Amen. We got you. And you discover the gifts that God has put within you. But God didn't give you gifts to just sit in your comfortable chair and receive all the time. There are those that just want to receive and receive and receive. And I, ah, 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 ah. And they're so big they can't even get up. Got to call the crane to get them off the chair. But pastor, but pastor, 2018, get up and get busy. Get up and get busy. Let people see your faith. This is what Josh was talking about. If you have faith, let people see it. Love the unlovely. Jesus didn't just stay with the elite group and love the ones that were clean and nice and they smell good and they brush your teeth and they had all the money. Jesus went and loved people who were unlovely, unlovely. And so the third thing, the third thing, the third thing and last thing that you discover when you put God first in your life is you discover that God loves other people. God loves other people. Do you really know that God loves other people? You know, when I was a baby Christian, I thought the church was all about me. I was selfish. And I went to church looking for a blessing. And I was about 20 years old. I, I tell the story a little bit. I went to church, and it was, it was all new to me. And so when I went in and met with some young folks, and there was, you know, people, a couple of people that took me under the wing and said, Hey, go to lunch with us today after church. I went to lunch, and, you know, I was kind of apprehensive and kind of, I don't know how this works. I've never been there. But somebody paid for my lunch, and I'm like, ooh, yeah, I like this. And so the next time I went back looking for people to ask me to go to lunch with them. Be why? Because I was looking at myself. I wasn't looking to go and be a blessing to somebody I wanted to receive. I wanted, and I had to get over my selfishness. I had to get over my attitude. It's, this is all about me, right? And so look at this one last verse, Philippians 2, in chapter, uh, chapter 2 and verse 2. The Lord had to teach me that, that church and life, life in general, is not all about me. So Philippians 2.2 says, Then make my joy complete. This is Paul talking to the church at, at Philippi, the Christians there. He says, Make my joy complete by being like-minded and having the same love and being one in spirit and of one mind. 
Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of, of the others. So we should love one another as Christ has loved us. Right? And Jesus said in Luke 6.32, loving those who love you, what, what reward do you have? If we click off, click, click is a, is a French word that I looked up in the dictionary, and I'm going to read you the definition. It is a small group of people with shared interests or other things in common who spend time together and do not readily allow others to join them. Jesus was not and is not a part of a click, and he doesn't authorize clicks. Jesus crosses the line, every line, and loves people right where they are. I'm talking about people who don't believe like you. We stay in our little Christian huddles, our holy huddles, I call them. And we don't want to talk to the, the Muslims because we're afraid. I don't know what we're afraid of. But Jesus called us to love people no matter what they believe no matter what they look like, or no matter what they say. He's called us to love gay people. Can you imagine that? Muslims. I know I'm just kicking over a lot of sacred cows right here now, but listen, the love of God is so big, you better, you better open up your heart. In 2018, you better open up your heart because the doors of the church are going to open wide open. Why? For the harvest. For the harvest of people. Now, we, we, can, we, we don't change the gospel. But listen, the, love, the world has not seen the love of God from the church. We've been keeping it to our little selves and acting like we're going to get dirty if, any, if, we, if we get close to anybody that doesn't look like us and believe like us and act like us and have the same amount of money in the bank as we do. Come on. I'm preaching better than you're amening. <laughs> it's true. It's time for us to find out what other people are interested in. In order to connect to them. Purposely, intentionally. So that we can show the love of God. Because we have put God first. Putting God first means others are important to you. And by others being important to you, that is a byproduct of the love of God being in your heart. Don't allow 2018 to come and go and keep your heart shut up without releasing the love of God towards people who are unlovely. When we put God first, we discover that he loves people. And the more that we make God first, the more that we realize that he loves the unlovely and he's going to use us to show them. Let's make 2018 a great year. Let's pray. Father, thank you.